0: And welcome to the Banking Bonus Time Podcast, produced and presented by the Community Bankers Webinar Network, powered by FinEd. Today, we will be listening to a clip from Don Kincaid's webinar, The Trid Dirty Dozen Navigating the Landmines. Don Kincaid began her banking career while attending The Ohio State University. She has over 20 years of experience in client service, operations, information technology, administrative and board relations, marketing, and compliance. Most recently, Dawn served as the Senior Vice President of Operations for a Central Ohio-based community bank, where she created and refined policies and procedures, she conducted self-audits and risk assessments, and organized implementation of new products and services. Dawn has served in the roles of compliance, BSA AML, CRA, Privacy and Security Officer. She has led training initiatives, prepared due diligence information, completed a variety of regulatory applications, coordinated internal and external audits and exams, and has presented for numerous state associations. And so with that, I will let you all check out this clip from Don's webinar.
1: So our first question is, so on a HELOC, you must give a HUD-1 at closing,
2: um, you would give your traditional um, on on a Heloc. Most mostly, you're going to give your traditional just Reg Z disclosure, where you'll have um, kind of a, more of the consumer loan disclosure. You could provide your your typical Reg Z disclosure, where you have your total finance charge and um, uh, listing out what your your prepaid your finance charges, and and your typical Reg consumer loan disclosure. I think that's that's what I'm getting at. Awesome.
1: And our next question is, what do you do if you extend the rate lock? Do you need to issue a new um, LE? What if it is extended at closing?
2: Great question. So ideally, depending on when you are extending it through, then yes, you would want to issue a new LE that has that new date that you're extending it through. If you are extending it at closing, you could provide an updated closing disclosure at closing that has that extended date on there. Awesome. And next, we have always put the document
1: preparation fee in box B. Is that incorrect?
2: Um, Typically, that is a fee that's coming to you as the creditor. That's a a price that they're paying for the credit. It's an origination fee. Um, So, you would want to put that typically where I see that going um, would be section A or part A, the origination fees. And
1: what is the total of section B is more than the total of fees that are displayed in Section B.
2: I'm going to have to ask for some clarification on that on that question because I'm not quite sure when the total why the total would be more than the fees that you have listed underneath it. They should always total, they should always sum up to the total that you're disclosing. So if you can give me a little more information on that, what I'd be happy to help but I'm not clear as to why they would be different.
1: All right, and while we're waiting on some clarification for that, is it always best to list the title work fees in Section
2: C, even on a
1: refinance?
2: Um, only if they're allowed to shop for those fees. And so, again, Section C on, on our loan costs, that are, those are fees that the borrower is allowed to shop for. So if on your refis you don't allow them to shop for settlement services, then those fees are going to go up into Section B, the services that they cannot shop for. So I know a lot of institutions close their own refis, right? You're your own settlement agent for your refis. So if you're not allowing them to shop, then those fees are going to go under B, regardless of whether they're title fees or they're not.
1: And can you put the lender credit at the time you do the closing disclosure? We offer up to 2000 on closing costs, so
2: we don't know the exact amount until closing. You can do that if you're waiting to see what, that, what, what those costs would be, because you do want to be very careful. If I say that I'm going to give $2,000 in lender credit on the loan estimate and my closing costs only come in at $1,500, I still owe the borrower, um, if I have disclosed on the loan estimate $2,000 in lender credit, I'm still going to owe the borrower $500 credit, right? Because I told them that this is what the lender credit is going to be. So yes, you, you can do that if you're if you're going to be, if you're doing that blanket dollar amount and you want to apply it there at the on the closing disclosure, that's fine.
1: Wonderful. And our next question is: Do you have to do a change in circumstance along with a new LE when the rate lock expired, even if you don't charge any fees?
2: Um, I, I think it's it's a good idea because you're if you're re if the rate lock is expired and you're relocking the rate, or and similar to the question before, if you're just going to extend that time, um, I think it's, it's a good idea to go ahead and issue a revised loan estimate that would show the, the newest date that you're extending that through. And, and I think a change in circumstance form wouldn't necessarily be required because that's, I mean, you're clearly just extending the rate lock time, but I do think it helps from, an audit, from a selfish personal auditor's standpoint, I think it would help to have a notation in the file to say it expired due to, you know, maybe we're waiting on something or if this is why we chose to extend it in this situation. I think I would want to have that documented to say this is why we chose to extend the rate box. And on the closing disclosure, does each person
1: that has the right to rescind to be listed on the first page of the CD, or they simply sign the last page of the CD without their name being listed on the first page?
2: Okay, so they don't need to have their name listed on the first page, but if they do have the right to rescind, if you have a. a, a a husband-wife situation where only the loan is going to be in only one of their names, um, you do need to be able to, if they have the right to rescind, they should get a copy of the closing disclosure. And so how you choose to document that could absolutely be by having them sign um, that document to prove that they received a copy of it. That would be fine, um, but you would just want to, whatever your process is, you would just want to make sure you're applying that consistently to be able to prove that they received that copy.
1: Awesome. And if you are doing a home equity loan on the application, you would only use purchase or refinance?
2: When would you use the other box? Um, you could absolutely, utilize, you 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 have more options. You of course could use the other box and, and utilize um, utilize the words home equity there. It would be fine. Um, so, just, I, I think that's, that's the options that you have available to you. So, for TRID, you have, four options available. You have purchase, you have construction, you have refi, and then you have other. Um, So, you would utilize other when you do have one of those home equity situations. That would be absolutely fine.
1: Awesome, and we got some clarification on our earlier question, so what if the total of Section B is more than the total of fees that are displayed in Section B? For example, the total in Section B is 1500 but the fees displayed only total 1200 because two of the fees were not pulled over onto
2: the loan estimate. then I, I think you're going to have a technical violation because I'm not quite sure why your fees aren't pulling over onto the LE. I, I, I still apologize for maybe not understanding the full scope of, the, of this question and, and how to help you in that situation, but I'm not quite sure if you're talking about whether there was a system error and so the fees just aren't aren't coming they're being included in part of a total, but they're not being listed. Um, so you you would definitely have a, a violation in that in that instance, a technical violation, because you're not disclosing all of the fees that are part of that grand total. Um, but I apologize if I'm totally misunderstanding that and would be happy to help you offline. My contact information, my email, um, is all over the materials, and so I'd be happy to, if if, if there's a way that I'm not answering that or not understanding that, I'd be happy to connect with you and, and we can get that worked out for you.
0: Fantastic, well thank you for that, Dawn, and that appears to be the last question we have in so far. You can access and purchase Dawn's webinar on the Trid Dirty Dozen, navigating the landmines at our website using the link in our show notes. You can also visit us at financialedinc.com. Be sure to follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook on the Community Bankers Network pages. I would like to thank all of our state association partners, our topic experts, and you, the listeners. Thank you for all that you do to support your customers.